0: GED Talks, a simple discussion about sometimes complex military education benefits. I'm Dr. Sherry Schaefer, Education Services Officer for the West Virginia National Guard. Today we are going to talk about a special opportunity open to some of our guardsmen in West Virginia. I'm referring to Promise Scholarships. My guests today are Tana Pendel with the West Virginia Higher Education Policy Commission and Ms. Lisa Jordan, our WVEEP Specialist. We're going to look at all the ins and outs of this unique scholarship program and what it means for our soldiers and airmen. Welcome to Ed Talks.
1: Hello. Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: So before we get started, Lisa is a long running guest on yes. the show. Yes. <laughs> Been here many times. <laughs> and you have uh, worked for quite a while with the Promise Scholarships in the education office. True. Yes, about five years. Yep. But Tana, take a moment and tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came to be working with the Promise Scholarship Program and the West Virginia Higher Education Policy
1: Commission. Sure. Um, So I have been with the Policy Commission since 2009. So I'm coming up on my 13th year. And I started there as an educational outreach counselor. And so in that position, I actually went out into the high schools and into the communities and help students and anyone who's interested in college just navigate the college-going process, whether that be filling out a financial aid application or figuring out what they want to do or where they want to go to college. That's what I did um, in in that position. Um, in 2010, I took over the Promise Scholarship, um, and I've been overseeing that. That's my main responsibility with the commission. Our office also oversees several other financial aid programs that are um, through the state of West Virginia. And we oversee over a $100 million in funding per year that's related to just state financial aid programs in in general. Um, So I'm from Charleston. I actually went to school right down the street from where we're recording at Capitol High School. And ironically, I graduated in 2001 and Promise first came into play in 2002. So I missed it. By one, one year. year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me um,
0: tell me about the history of the Promise Program. So you said it started, I guess, in
1: 2002. So, so how did it evolve? So um, it did start in 2002. Uh, Governor Bob Wise was the one who signed it into legislation. It is West Virginia's merit-based scholarship program. Um, promise actually stands for providing real opportunities for maximizing in-state student excellence, which I don't think a lot of people realize that. I, <laughs> I knew that. didn't did you know, know that?
2: that. I had no idea. I was like, "Well, get I just to thought it was today. like
0: promise." I didn't. Right. Uh-huh. Like, and we, we promise for the military. We should right. know there's acronyms for everything. Everything.
1: I don't think a lot of people know that. So it's not common knowledge, but it's intended to keep our best and brightest in the state of West Virginia and encourage students to do well academically in high school and also while they're in college um, and then also promote access. And so it, it, it does offset the cost. We know that the cost of college continues to rise, um, and it does help, it for, help students who are West Virginia residents be able to offset that cost, and then in turn, um, you know, promotes economic development. So if they stay in West Virginia and they are educated, they'll help promote economic development in West Virginia. Well, on a personal note, I can say
0: all three of my children qualified for the scholarship. One kept it all the way through. And, but, and I just won't say which one, so I will embarrass anybody, but <laughs> um, they all three are still living in the state. So if you're looking at success stories in terms of how they're using it and really staying here and working here, I mean, we're one of those families. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So um, do other states have programs that are similar to this? Um, and if so, you know, what makes Promise stand out?
1: Yeah, so nationwide there are um, lots of state-sponsored scholarship programs and grant programs. Um, West Virginia is a little bit different in that we have the Promise Scholarship, which is our merit-based scholarship program, and we have a need-based grant program, which is the the West Virginia Higher Education Grant. Um, most. There, there aren't very many states that af- actually offer both. And so we are one of the few that offers both a need-based and a merit-based program. The other thing that differs uh, for the West Virginia Promise Scholarship is uh, we have renewal requirements for our scholarships. Uh, most do, it, and they, everyone usually has a GPA requirement. We also have a credit hour requirement. Uh, and the reason being is it does promote students to take at least 15 credit hours per semester so they can try to graduate on time. So to renew a Promise Award, you do have to take at least 30 credit hours in an academic year, Um, and if students don't take at least 15 credit hours per semester, it's very unlikely that they're actually going to graduate within the four-year period if they're going for their bachelor's degree program.
0: I think it was that um, requirement that got Two of the
1: three <laughs> of my kids.
0: But anyway.
2: Does, does that include summer courses?
1: It does. For a for Promise, they can take um, summer. Um, so, an academic year for a Promise scholar, it starts with the fall and then it's the subsequent spring term and the subsequent summer. Okay. And so that would be included as well. Awesome.
0: So, I was reading that the program was undergoing some changes recently. I think this happens almost yearly, it seems like, or periodically. Where they maybe change the um, gpa requirement or something like that
1: so what are the nuts and bolts of it today okay so the the academic requirements have actually um they've remained pretty steady over the past 12 years that i've been with the commission we did have some changes due to covid for the class of 2020 and the class of 2021 uh, where the act requirement was reduced Um, But the requirements are approved annually and they usually do uh, stay pretty stagnant. And so they they haven't changed except for the COVID requirements. But um, as a result of that, for the class of 2022, which is the current application that we have open and it opened um, October 1st, um, we're allowing for um, superscoring, and so to qualify for Promise, uh, a student has to have an eligible ACT or SAT test score. In the past, they had to qualify on one test sitting, um, but since COVID, we, we were able to approve a superscore, and and a superscore is when if a student takes the test multiple times, they can take their highest sub score. in in the categories, and it creates a new total or average score for them to try to qualify. So um, for Promise, you have to have either a qualifying score on the ACT or the SAT. And for the ACT, it's a 22 composite with a 20 in each of the four subcategories. And on the SAT, it's an 1,100 total with a 520 in the math and a 530 in the evidence-based reading and writing sections. Um, Students also have to have a qualifying GPA, uh, and that's twofold. So, they have to have an overall GPA, which is what you see on a student's transcript when they graduate high school, of a 3.0, and they also have to have a core GPA of a 3.0. And the core GPA is English, Math, Science, and History. So that's averaged out based upon their county grading policy or whatever their school grading policy is. And that also has to be a 3.0. So sometimes that that will prevent students from being able to receive it if they don't have both the 3.0 in the overall and the 3.0 in their core. Um, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, how does it change then or does it
0: change from the freshman year to the sophomore year? Does it tighten down a little bit?
1: So to qualify for Promise initially, they have to have that 3.0 overall and a 3.0 in their core coursework, and they have to have the ACT, SAT. Thereafter, to renew, they have to, have, um, they have to meet certain requirements as well. It's a 2.75 the first year, and then it's a 3.0 cumulative GPA thereafter, in addition to the credit hour requirement that we were discussing.
0: So I may throw you for a little bit of a loop, but how many students on average
1: are qualifying? Uh, Like per year, Mm -hmm. so it's about twenty five percent of high school seniors will qualify for Promise, and it it usually fluctuates fluctuates between uh, around thirty two hundred to thirty seven hundred, and and we've definitely seen our numbers go down um, just because of COVID. Not as many students are, are receiving help, and they're not applying as much as they were previously. So we're really trying to get our application numbers up for all our financial aid programs. Wow, I wouldn't have thought of that. 25%, 25%, and that it has been hit by COVID
0: as well, just like everything, everything else. else. Right. That's so, a pretty good percentage,
2: I think, though. I mean, it is 25% of all high school graduates. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's great. And, and, and I w- encourage yeah. students to apply, whatever their situation may be, because they, they do have to fill out an application and a FAFSA. Um, so the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, which is what students have to fill out to qualify for all state and federal financial aid programs, that's a requirement as well. Um, if they fill that out, they may be able to qualify for other um, grants um, as well. And one tip on that is to save that pen, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that login, because filling those things out every year is just something that parents have to do with their kids. I mean, it is, and. You have to have those logins, and I made that fatal error once of not keeping it. I still remember my pen from 20 years ago. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I still remember it. So um, how does this scholarship then apply to our state schools and their tuition?
1: So students who qualify for Promise can use it at an eligible school in the state of West Virginia. It does go towards tuition and mandatory fees, Um, up to $4,750 per year. That's broken down into two payments. Uh, 2375 is the most that they can receive in a given term. They can receive it for up to eight semesters or four years for a bachelor's degree program, um, and then four semesters or two years for an associate degree program. Um, if their tuition and fees are a little bit less, which there are a few community and technical colleges in the state where the tuition is going to be a little bit less than the forty-seven fifty per year, but they're all getting very, very close, they will get the lesser amount if they're um, a Promise-eligible student. And One of the things that Lisa
0: and I will see in the Education Services Office is that someone will um, go for their basic training um, and their AIDT, I guess, during that first semester or so of what would be their freshman year. There is a way to defer, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's several um, different reasons a student might need to take a leave of absence. One of them, um, if they're doing basic training um, or or if if they need to put it on hold for any reason, they can contact our office and we can certainly put it on hold for them. Um, Students have six years to utilize their Promise Award, so if they um, need to take a leave of absence for any reason, um, and it's no less than two years, then it really would not have a negative impact on their Promise Scholarship. But they need to do the process. But they have to actually do the process, and it's as simple as sending us an email or a letter that that requests to put it on hold. Yeah, because we've seen that, haven't we, Yes, we have. Where they just say, oh, I didn't,
0: and, and you're like, oh, why didn't you? <laughs> why didn't you call us? Follow the process, we yeah. can We
2: can help you call us.
0: Yeah. So here's the exciting part about Promise that many don't know. For those guardsmen that qualify, and usually those young new recruits, right, the 18-year-olds or so that are coming in, it's like an added bonus. So, Lisa, can you explain that? Sure. Um, since
2: they Promise pays the school, we pay the soldier. That's the only time that we send the soldier a check, is when they're a promise student. Um, so you can use that for school. I suggest you use that for the remainder of your tuition and fees and books and such. Um, but if you wanted to spend it on beer and bubble gum, that's on you. But that's we the courage. Yes, do the we smart thing.
0: <laughs> please
2: pay the rest of your tuition.
0: Right. Please, it's just an added bonus, so to speak. Right. Yes. Um, Sometimes it takes a little bit to get the checks,
2: but it and it is a process. But as long as you have your W nine, your Form sixty, and your stamped application, you're going to get a check.
0: And this is something um, they have to apply for every Every semester. Yes.
2: Um. Every semester, and make sure that your address is correct on your W nine every semester because if we send a check to where you used to live you're not getting a check for a very long time
0: right and unfortunately it's not direct deposit right now no unfortunately it's yeah, not yeah we're just not up to that level yet maybe we will be someday but we've seen it where it gets delivered to the wrong place and then it goes into um the abyss maybe it's avoided and we have to cancel and oh what a nightmare but it is a fantastic opportunity because the promise pays toward tuition and fees and the, or allowable fees, I guess. And then we can give them this extra bit of money and essentially um, can, can come out pretty much debt-free on yes. the other side. I mean, to me, that's a fantastic option for, for young uh, soldiers and airmen.
2: And then that way you can use your FTA or your, your, your GI Bill for your master's if you choose to do master's.
0: Absolutely. So here's a question for both of you. What advice would you offer to a high school student that is considering the guard and who's working hard to earn the Promise Scholarship? Any advice? Get
2: your documents in on time. <laughs> Make sure your address is correct. And pay for your tuition with the money that we send you. And it is worth it. Um, it you know, And call us if you have any questions.
0: Even if you haven't yet signed on that dotted line. Absolutely, just sign. it.
1: Well, I mean, if, even if you
0: haven't enlisted yet and you're just ha- in that questioning phase and you're you're still maybe a, a junior or, or a senior in high school and you haven't quite you know, done taken the big leap yet, you can still call our office with questions. We have parents that call in, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. And um, we're happy to, to answer any questions that we can. And then on your side for the, the Promise, What's the
1: advice that you have for them? I would say for students that are still in high school, start the process early. And so if you're trying to qualify for Promise, um, number one, you can start taking the ACT or SAT earlier than your senior year. Um, Some students have trouble testing, and the more they take the test, the more comfortable they become with it and then they could potentially be able to qualify um, if they continue to retest, especially now that we are allowing students to use a super score. Um, So take the test early so you get more comfortable with it and then hopefully you'll get an eligible score. Um, Don't let that GPA drop. We see that a lot where students qualify and then their final semester in high school, get that senioritis
0: Senioritis.
1: and their GPA goes right below 3.0 and they lose the scholarship and and that's devastating. So just make sure that you keep your grades up um, academically so you can maintain um, eligibility for the scholarship. And the the only other thing I'll note is during their senior year, they want to start the process of applying for um, financial aid early. And so the the FAFSA opens October 1st every year, so they can start that process and they can contact our office um, at the commission. Uh, And we do lots of different activities to help students navigate that process um, if they have any questions regarding it.
0: And if I could throw in one tip myself, and I've seen this um, again and again and again with students, if you don't excel necessarily on the ACT, try the SAT because for some reason, some people test better on one than the other. Have you seen that?
1: Oh yeah. So they actually reformatted the SAT recently. Um, And so we definitely see that, that a student may not be able to qualify on the ACT, but they turn around and take the SAT and they qualify easily. Um, So they are formatted completely different. Um, So I would encourage students to take both because you may do exceptionally well on one over the other. Um, And then you can You might have other scholarship opportunities if um, you're able to get your test score up. Right, and like you said, test early, try
0: again, and if you are one of those people that has testing anxiety, stop by your counselor's office at your school and see if you can get some resources because there are tips and tricks mm-hmm. to help you calm that down. <laughs> it's as simple sometimes as chewing gum. I mean, right. Peppermint. It, it works. Peppermint. Whatever, you know, whatever works for you. But to work on that, keep that GPA up, et cetera, et cetera. So where can students go for more information on the program at your office at, at the at the Commission?
1: So, we, have, we actually have a new website that we launched this year called the College for West Virginia website, and it has all our state financial aid program information, including the Promise Scholarship. Um, we still have the CFWV website, um, and, and those are co- interconnected. So, um, if they go to CFWV, they can still get to the College for West Virginia website as well, and it's collegeforwv.com. Fantastic. Or just
0: Google, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, you both have given us a lot of good information. I appreciate you stopping by and talking with me. And for more information on this and other National Guard education benefits, you can contact our Education Services office at 304-561-6361. That's 304-561-6361. Join us next time on WBNG Ed Talks as we will look at the GI Bill programs from 1606 to 30 to 33. WBNG Ed Talks, tune in, turn it up, and join the conversation.